All right. Absolutely. Congratulations to our graduates, um, 2021 to 22. We are uh, thrilled for you. And uh, good job. You made it. Okay? So good job. Well done. Um, and so we're going to celebrate with you. Sure. Let's just do it. Let's, here we go. Glad that we were going to celebrate with you after service. I'll tell you more about it here in just a little bit. But um, so there are eight of us, uh, eight of us who, who have graduated from either high school or uh, college or postgraduate. And so now I'm not preaching a sermon just to eight of us in the room. Okay, so this is not like a commencement speech. Okay, that's not what I'm doing here today. Uh, I am preaching a sermon, uh, and it is for all of us. It does have an eye to this idea of graduation or moving on or moving up. Um, where we have gone through times in our lives where we have learned something to then move us to the next stage in our life, okay? All of us have go through, we in the church, we say seasons. We go through seasons in our life, and we don't know how long those seasons are. Some of those are four years of a season. Some of us go through two months of a season. And then we, but the point is, is that when we go through things in our life, um, we go through these things and we can look back and here's what I learned during this season of my life. This is how I have grown, and now this is what I use to move forward to the next thing that God has for me, right? Those of you who are seniors in high school, are you different today than when you were in freshman, as a freshman in high school? Hopefully so. Probably so. You've grown a little bit. Um, In the same way, all of us, when we go through seasons, we grow a little bit, and what does that mean for us in the next phase of our life? And so that's a little bit what I'm touching on here today and talking about and how God is with us. Um, I don't know if you know this or not, tomorrow, May 23rd, is the one-year anniversary that I was voted to be the pastor of Friendship Church. And so, that is one year. It's been a year. And um, I, I... could not be more thrilled to be your pastor. We love being your pastor. We love being here. Um, our, our, our children, uh, you've been so so good to our children, and, and they, they love you as well. Uh, Becky and I, when we talk about you often, it is all good things. <laughs> um, but because we love you guys, and, and you guys are good people to pastor, let me tell you, I wanted people, um, you know, to thinking about what kind of church that I wanted to be a part of, that we pastor people who were hungry for the Lord, which I think that you are, and people who like to have fun. And I think that's you guys too. So and that, you heard me say that before, that I love it. Uh, when we come to church, it should be fun. It should be a good time to have. Um, and so I, I, am, I am thrilled to, to be here, and it's just, it's just crazy to look back at one year. And so I look back at this one year at, at what I have learned, and that helps propel to what we're going to in the next phase, or the next season, or the next year of our life. And so a lot of it was just, you know, what do you people do, <laughs> you know, this last year? You know, how do you guys uh, celebrate Christmas, and what do you guys do for communion, and, and, and what do you guys do for summer? And, and we did half a summer last year, and then some summer this year. Um, and so learning just a little bit of who you are, you guys got to learn a little bit about me. Uh, sorry about that, but you learned a little bit about me, uh, and Becky, Pastor Becky as well, and the kids, and so Looking forward to see what God has for us. Now, I, I, I think that God has something for this church, for Friendship Church. I believe that God is moving. He wants to do something. I think that's something that all pastors say, I think. Um, <laughs> I think, I guess. But I, I, I 
feel it. And, and, and one of the reasons why I feel it is because some of these thing, same feelings, some of you have come and said some of these things to me, and it's the same things that I have been praying in, in my personal time, you have been saying some of those things. And so I was like, okay, maybe, maybe God is up to something here in our church, and, and I'm so excited about it. I'm excited to see what God has for us, and I don't know what it is, okay? I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't, ex- I don't know exactly what it is. I th- we preached two weeks ago about revival that, um, you know, when we mentioned Pensacola, Florida, it may not be exactly like that. In fact, it's going to be something different than that or different than many of revivals that have gone throughout in, in life. It's going to be specific to us, and I don't know what that looks like, but I'm ready for it. Anybody else ready for it? Ready for what God has for us? So one thing I want us to do because I know that God wants to do something, but I'm not sure exactly what it is, I want to invite you to do something that uh, I, t- I told our group on Wednesday night, our small group that, that meets. I want to invite you to read along with me this summer the book of Acts, okay? So if you were to read just one chapter in the book of Acts every day, you would read it through three times this summer because there's 30 days in a month, 28, days, 28 chapters in, uh, in Acts. Um, and so... If we, if we read it through three times, if we were all reading the scripture together, we know what happened the last time that when we were all in one accord. <laughs> and what happened? It happened in Acts chapter 2. Um, and so I, I'm inviting you, because I, I know that God wants to do something, let's look at the stories of what the Holy Spirit did with God's people, how he used God's people to spread the gospel and to... And to um, uh, impact their community with the love of God. And so I'm, I'm going to invite you, starting June 1st, we're gonna, I'm going to read the book of Acts. You are, in, you are welcome to come with me, okay? If you already have your Bible reading that you have a year to, you know, read the Bible in a year, that's fine. Just add one chapter <laughs> and, and read with us. And let's, let's see what God has for us. And as, as we um, uh, eat his word together, really, um, we see what the Holy Spirit did through godly people then and what he can do through us now, okay? So I'm inviting you to do that, uh, to read through the book of Acts with me. If you have your Bibles this morning, you can turn to 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1 is what we're going to be looking at. 2 Peter chapter number 1. And uh, while I was reading this, really, 1 Peter and 2 Peter, I really just wanted to read all of it. But I don't have the time to do that. I wanted to read all through Second Peter, so maybe go home today and read all of Second Peter. I'm going to hit some highlights, but you can read all. Of, it's just three chapters. Read all of Second Peter. In fact, just go go home and read the Bible and do that. That's what I want you to do. Okay. Just that would make my job a lot easier. Everyone, go home and read the Bible and do that. <laughs> That's it. Full stop. <laughs> if y'all would do that, I think we'd be doing pretty good. Okay, um, so maybe you can do that today, this afternoon. Second um, Peter chapter one. As I'm reading through this, man, this just just it just hit me this week or the last two weeks, um, and so let's just jump right into it here. Second Peter chapter one, verse one. He he tells who he is and and who he's talking to. Verse two. May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. So we're supposed to grow in this. As we're growing in the Lord, that's what uh, our, our graduates just did. They grew in learning. They, they grew in the Lord. And while they are growing, and all of us are supposed to be growing, while we're growing in the Lord, he's praying that grace and peace would join you 
in this growth. And as you grow in the Lord, you will find out that you will start having grace with yourself and, and other people. Um, and that there will be peace, like what Pastor Becky talked about last week. The more we spend time with him, uh, that peace will fill our hearts. That even though there's chaos going around us, that we're going to have more peace in our heart the more we grow in the Lord. Have you seen that? Have you you've noticed that? That's what he's saying here. Verse 3, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Let me stop right there. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Now, some of you read that and you think, you know what? Yeah, he has provided many things for us. There's 30 or 40 different translations of the Bible in English that I can pick and choose from, which I would like. Uh, I can get on the internet and I can watch videos of what this means or what this preacher over here preached today and this. I can look back at 2,000 years of theologians and what they think that I should think and, uh, and I can read all of those things um, and I've got uh, you know, a big church that we can go to. You're right, God has given us everything. Um, Peter was not thinking the 2022 church when he was writing this, okay? Now the Holy Spirit was, but that's not what Peter was thinking. He wrote this in 67 AD, okay? When he says, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life, he was not thinking about an internet that we can go to and research whatever we want to. He was not thinking about different translations that we could look at. He was not thinking at a bunch of theologians that we could just go to and ask questions. <laughs> That's not what he was talking about. And sometimes we, put, we read the Bible through our 2022 brains this was written in 67 A.D., by the way, during a persecuted church. This is a church that was receiving persecution from the Jewish side and from the Roman side for different reasons. This new church. And so with no internet, with no written down Bible from beginning to end, it was still being written. No internet, no, no written down Bible, not a bunch of theologians to tell us what to believe. He says... God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. It means when we get in God's presence, we have everything we need for a godly life. You guys are quiet. You guys like your internet and your theologians and your whatever, don't you? You don't like hearing this because you have infinitely much more material than the persecuted church in 67 A.D., but yet, how much do we lean on as a crutch all this information, which I'm not saying it's bad. Yes, read your books and your, you know, watch your videos on, on YouTube about how to, what does this mean in the passage? Th that's fine. That's fine. But those are not necessary to your Christian walk. As, G as Peter here says, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. And we're talking about the Holy Spirit. He has given us the Holy Spirit. We have received all of this by coming to know Him, the One who called us to Himself by means of His marvelous glory and excellence. When we step into God's presence, that is all we need. We don't need God's presence and my favorite devotional book. Yes, use your devotional book. I'm not preaching against that. 
I'm saying we have everything we need when we step into God's presence. That's all we need. And so when we step into His presence, oh man, oh man, and we allow Him to just wash over us in His goodness, Many times we try for about 10 minutes and we don't feel anything and so we quit. But we have everything we need, everything we need to live a godly life because we know him. That tells me I have to cling as close to him as I possibly can because he's all I need. Didn't we used to sing a song? I can't sing. He's all I need, right? He's all I need. Okay. And then it goes up. I can't do that. <clears throat> He's all I need. Y'all are singing it for me. Thank you. <laughs> He's all I need. He's all I need. Verse 4. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. Everybody say promises. These are promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Now catch this, okay? His presence is better than anything else that we can choose to spend our time with, okay? That's, that, that's what we're talking about here. So his presence, just on a, on a present here and day time way of thinking about it, his presence is better than any other way that we could spend our time. And I'm finding that out. Not to, I'm about to sound old man here, okay? But I watch TV today, and man, it's doing nothing for me. I just, I'm just not getting anything. It's, none of it's good. It's just, it's terrible. I, I just don't like it. Movies, I watch it. I'm like, okay, what is this? <laughs> I, I'm just watching it, and it's through the eyes of I, I want to grow in the Lord. And I, and I find myself having much more peace and enjoyment in my time in the Lord than when I do to just sit down and watch a movie. And so I just find myself over here either reading the Bible or reading, the, reading a, a book, a, a theological, whatever, reading this as opposed to doing this. Some of that, maybe that's age or some of that's whatever. But I'm, just, I'm finding more pleasure in the presence of God because he's all that I need. And that comes with time. That, that may not happen in one day. But okay, okay, I digress. So I'm here uh, in the presence of God. That is more important. That is better than anything that this world has to offer as far as entertainment, as far as whatever else, okay? That's in the present, okay? But then he says, then he says that he has given us a great and precious promise. So this being in the presence of the Lord is not just good and better as comparison for today, but also into the future. That he has a promise in the future. Anything that this world has to offer us now is an instant gratification thing that only feels good now, but he has nothing to promise us in the future. You see that? Nothing. Whereas the presence of God has a future to offer us. Well, that's way better. That's way better. It's already better in the present anyway. But then also knowing that what the world has for us is only for right now, and what God has for us is into the future. To escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. And that's really what the apostles did a lot of back in the day, is that they kept pointing 
the early church to a future glory, which is heaven. This future promise, which is heaven. They, they didn't talk about pros- prosperity here while we're here on earth. They never talked about that. When they talked about trials, when they talked about your life, they constantly pointed the early church to what God has for us in heaven one day. So why would we preach what solely what God can give us here on this earth when we're constantly in the word of God pointed toward the promises that God has for us, namely heaven? That's what I want to, okay, I got to go, here we go. Verse 5, I'm lagging behind, I'm looking at my time, y'all. Verse 5, in view of all this, in view of all this, okay, everybody with me so far? In view of all of this, what we just talked about, it's better here, not there, promises. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. So we make decisions based on what God has promised us in the future, mainly heaven. So all our decisions today propel us to what God has for us in the future. Okay? So supplement your Faith, that means we, we're all, okay, so we all have this faith, Christianity. Here we are at, at bottom level here, okay? We all have this faith in Jesus Christ, this faith that we have in the Lord, okay? So supplement that faith with a general, generous provision of moral excellence. Okay, what does that mean? So we're all at the foot of the cross. Christianity, I have faith in you. Jesus is the way. Got it. Okay, now what do I what do? Generous provision of moral excellence. We are looking for morality. In other words, goodness. What is, we're looking for goodness, okay? Now, God has an answer to what is moral or what is good. The world has an answer to what is moral and what is good. Have you seen that sometimes those do not line up? Have you seen that most of the time those things do not line up? Well, we've already figured out that the presence of God is better than the presence of the world in the short term, but it's also better in the long term. So that makes me lean, want to lean toward the morality of Christ as opposed to the morality of the world anyway. Okay? <clears throat> but the morality of the world is just put in your face all the time, isn't it? And so it's very easy to when they see and they hear that this is good, this is good, this is good, and they see people who are happy and joyful and successful in this over here, then maybe it makes us as Christians go, maybe this is not so bad. Like we know this is good, but is this so bad? Okay? So as we are living, we're, not, we're in this world, not of this world, as we are living, trying to figure out this, this moral, this goodness, how am I supposed to act? Okay? One reason, and there are many, one reason why I suggest strongly not to choose this side is because this morality or goodness changes like every six years or something, okay? So what was good ten years ago is evil today, and what was evil ten years ago is good today, okay? And you can see this played out in many different examples, okay? And so what used to be good, well now they're horrible, you know, TV shows are being canceled because everybody was laughing at them for years, and then now, oh, we didn't like a couple of those jokes, so you shouldn't ever watch that anymore, ever. It was great and wonderful then, and now you look back, nope, that was evil. The morality changes, 
okay? It's hard to keep up. Why would you choose a morality that changes every six years? However, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know exactly where you stand in his goodness, okay? I got to move on. So, okay, so we're trying to figure out moral excellence. Which morality should we go with, okay? So he gives us the next step. Immoral excellence with knowledge. All right, so we're trying to figure out what is moral. Do I do this? Do I do this? Okay, well, I need to learn a little bit more. Well, where do we go for our knowledge? Where do we go for our knowledge? We go with God's Word right here. We read in the Bible. And I realize that there are some things that the world says is okay that the Bible says is not okay. So then... How do we make decisions based on the promise that we're wanting to get to? Okay? If we make decisions inside with the world, we might have some instant gratification, but we have no promise of anything in the future. No peace. No peace. Right? However, if we make decisions based upon what the Word of God says, okay, then not only is his presence with us right now, his peace is with us, but we also have that promise for heaven one day in the future. So how are we going to know why we believe what we believe if we do not crack open this book right here? We gain our knowledge through this right here. Then we continue. Moral excellence with knowledge and knowledge with self-control. Self-control. So as we read, and there are things of this world that says, ah, it's okay, and the Bible says, nope, it's not okay, and this is why, this is why, this is why, then we say, okay, well, I'm going to have self-control for these things over here. I'm going to remove these things from my life and have self-control. Self-control and sacrifice is a good thing because if we are wanting relationship with God the Father, if we're wanting relationship with Jesus Christ, okay, then we don't do the things that break that relationship with Jesus Christ. Okay? So we have self-control for those things. We say, no, I'm not going to do these things. And with self-control comes patient endurance. There is an endurance that builds up inside of us. I don't even know that it's easy. when you, If you commit a sin one time, it's very easy to commit that same sin the second time. You guys know that? It's even easier the third time and the fourth time. However, i found when you say no to that sin one time, it's easier to say no to that sin a second time and a third time and a fourth time as you build up your endurance, okay? If I were to get out and run right now, I could probably only run to the end of the driveway, okay? But you give me a couple of weeks at this, and I can run all the way to CVS or wherever, right? There's endurance. Maybe not CVS. That's a long way. <clears throat> but you build up your endurance, and it doesn't happen once. Listen, I know people, when they gave their heart to, to Christ, they didn't drink another drop, right? They didn't smoke another cigarette. They didn't never said another cuss word the rest of their life. That happens. Most of the time, though, there's an endurance that builds up, okay? There's an endurance that builds up over time. With patient endurance with godliness. You see the progression here? Okay? We're looking for moral excellence, so we get our knowledge, self-control, we build up an endurance, and now we're looking pretty godly right now. And we have this godliness. And with godliness, with 
brotherly affection. Now we start looking with affection with everybody because we realize that, you know what, they're going through the same life that we are, and they, I've made mistakes, so they've made mistakes, and so we have, we have grace for each other just a little bit more because we have that godliness is built inside of us, and with, and with brotherly affection, love for everyone. So now we want to tell those people across the pond that you need Jesus Christ. There's love for everyone. You see the progression here? Man, I've got to go. Okay. Verse 8, the more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you hear that? The more you grow like this. But those who fail to develop in this way or are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. You see, when we live over here, we're short-sighted. We want just something that makes us feel good now but we live short-sighted on three different accounts. First of all, what God has done for us in the past, what God wants to do us right now here today, and the promises that he has for us in the future. So listening to the world doesn't do anything for us, past, present, or future. (laughs) Verse 10. So dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you are really among those God has called and chosen. Do these things and you will never fall away. That makes me think, don't do these things and you will fall away. Then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The promise that God has for us in the future. Second Peter. See, I could stop the sermon right now. Maybe I should, but we're going to go. That, that's a great ending place. However... Second Peter continues, and so I'm going to continue. But there were also false prophets in Israel, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will cleverly teach destructive heresies and even deny the master who bought them. In this way, they will bring sudden destruction on themselves. There are false teachers that want to take all of this information that I just gave you and teach a heresy that goes that sounds close to okay, but it sends you in the wrong direction. Many will follow their evil teaching, verse 2, and shameful immorality. And because of these teachers, the way of truth will be slandered. We have to see and know who these false teachers are. And not follow them. We follow based on what the Word of God says, not what we want the Word of God to say. And so now I'm going to give you an example, one example, of something that the world says that is contrary to the Word of God. And the reason why I'm giving this example is not because I just want to give this example, but it's because the, it is the example that is listed here in Second Peter. This is the example that I'm going to give you, okay? Hold on, go back. This is the example that I'm going to give you. Um... So for those of you who are watching online, I, I'm, I'm going to briefly talk about something, and it's going to make you want to stop the video, okay? Stay with me for a second, okay? Because there, I'm talking about two people here, and you've got to wait to get to the second person to hear about it, okay? I'm talking about, talk about the first person first, and then the second person. So stay with me. Everybody? Okay? Good. Verse 6. Here's the example that the Bible gives. Based on what all we just talked about, there are false prophets out there 
This is the example the Bible gives. Later, God condemned, this is verse 6, God condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and turned them into heaps of ashes. He made them an example of what will happen to ungodly people. What was the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah? Remember the the flames of fire came down, burned up the cities? Homosexuality. It is against the word of God. Hold on, don't turn off the video. It is against the word of God. It's mentioned several times in the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament. There is the world today that is going to try to tell you that love is love is love is love or whatever. And you're going to hear a lot of it. In fact, June is Pride Month, so just get ready because it's coming. It is a lie, and it is meant to deceive, and people are being deceived. Okay? But he says, he made an example of what will happen to ungodly people. These are not my words. This is the word of the Holy Spirit as he told Peter to write. Verse 7, but God also rescued Lot out of Sodom because he was a righteous man who was sick of the shameful immorality of the wicked people around him. Yes, Lot was a righteous man who was tormented in his soul by the wickedness he saw and heard day after day. So you see, the Lord knows how to rescue godly people from their trials, even while keeping the wicked under punishment until the day of final judgment. God is with us to rescue us and rescue those who have been deceived By this sin, he is big enough to rescue people from this lie. Yes? This is what we believe. Okay? Now, remember I told you there were two people that I'm talking about. Number one, false prophets. Yes, there are some people out there that have a sinister agenda to get this across, to change human history, to change the thinking, to change the Bible. Yes, there are those people that are out there, and they are false prophets and... So here's what they're saying, real quick. Here's what they're saying, actually. What they're saying is is that the wickedness of Sodom was not homosexuality, that homosexuality was was happening, but the reason why that it was destroyed was not because of that sin. They were destroyed because of other sins. The Bible just says wickedness. Well, that could be many things. And so uh, they were were destroyed because of uh, not having hospitality to Lot and his family and friends and because they did not take care of the poor. That's why Sodom was destroyed. That's what's being preached in some churches who have turned that way. Okay? That's what they're saying. That yes, that was going on, but that's not why it was destroyed. They were destroyed because they weren't helping people. Okay? The problem is verse 10. There's always one more. Always read one more verse further, okay? He is a special, this is, this is the context. He is especially hard on those who follow their own twisted sexual desire and who despise authority. All of this is an effort to they want to live their life without God. They despise the authority of God and they want to live their own way. And they want other people to follow in that path. So that's the first person, okay? And many times that's where the church stops. Homosexuality is bad, those people. Okay, here's the second person. There are some people out there that are not trying to destroy America. They're just having these weird thoughts and feelings, and they don't know what to do with them. 
they have a feeling of, they have homosexual feelings and they don't know what to do with it. And they're looking at the church and they're saying sin and they're looking at the world and they say acceptance. Well, which way are they going to go? What we have to show, what, what, what do we do? So if you are struggling with this and you're like, I'm not trying to just destroy everything. I'm just, I'm having these feelings. I'm having these thoughts. I'm having this identity crisis here and I just don't know what to do with it. What do I do with this? First Peter says, or I'm sorry, Second Peter, if we go back to the first chapter, says that we supplement our faith with generous provision of moral excellence. We look at what God says about morality and what the world says about morality and that God has a future for us and the present does not. We go through our grid right here. And through our moral excellence, we look to knowledge. We read the Word of God. What does the Word of God say? If you're struggling with this sin, then you read the Word of God to find this knowledge. Because there is hope and there is salvation in this book and through Jesus Christ. And then once you are developing this knowledge, then you have some self-control. And I promise God helps you with this. If you are struggling with your identity, you look to the person who created you and created your identity. This, the world, the people who are touting this, they have no idea. They were not there at the beginning when the creation, they did not create you. They don't know your name. God, as it says in Psalms, God knit you together in your mother's womb. God is the author of life. God has your identity set. Not the world. That is one example there are many examples that you run this through the grid. I have questions about this. What do I do? Well, we seek out God's morality. We find knowledge in the Word of God, self-control. You run it through You run it through first, Second Peter. Does that make sense? So I realize that I highlighted one, but all of them you can. You can go through it the whole way. And so for us, for our graduates, for those who are moving forward, we are gaining the information that we have here to move forward where God has for us, right? Finally, he says in chapter 3, verse 17, You already know these things, dear friends, so be on guard. Then you will not be carried away by the errors of these wicked people who lose their own secure footing. Rather, you must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Do not lose your secure footing. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. He is secure footing. And if you are dealing with identity, if you are dealing with having tolerance for identity, if you're dealing with anything at all, Christ is solid footing. Seek after Christ. Look in the Word of God. Look in the Word of God and find your peace and find your growth and find what God has for you as you step out into this next season in your life. If you would stand this morning, we're going to go into a time of worship and just praise the Lord. Praise the Lord that He is walking with us every step of the way and that we can lean on Him. And I pray that we would do that here this morning.
God, be with us this morning. Help us to lean on you. Help us to look to you for our morality, for our knowledge. Help with self-control and endurance to reach godliness. And then brotherly love and love for everybody else. Lord, help us as we look to your word to say no to the false prophets of our day in any day, but to look to what you have for us because you've saved our sins in the past. You have a wonderful time for us in the present and you have a future promise of heaven with you one day. And so God, I pray that we would lean on you, lean on you as we step out into these new parts of our life. Help us to lean on you. Come on, church, let's lift our hands. Pray to him. Worship the Lord while you're standing there. Let's sing this song together, but let's worship God this morning. Thank you so much for being here today. Hey, listen, I love you. There's absolutely nothing you can do about it. See you later.